0: Your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Your team every day, every day, every day, every day. All right, it is Chris Russell here. Good to have you with us. We said we'd be back if situation and developments warrant it. Well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> We didn't even make it 20 hours. This is episode 320 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, I'm Chris Russell. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, uh, and as well, um, make sure you follow at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net for all of your NFL league-wide coverage. All right, let's get to it right here and right now. We have a couple of big developments. First, the injuries for this Sunday's game. Jordan Reed, once again, not practicing. He is officially out. Chase Roulier, who played every single snap last year for the Redskins, over 16 games, three games at left guard and the other 13 at center, he is already ruled out with a knee injury. Brandon Sheriff did not practice on Friday, as he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. That's not a good sign, but he's not ruled out. He's questionable. Jay Gruden was hoping, hoping that he'd have a chance to play on Sunday against the New York Giants. So you very well could be short your center and your right guard, which means, of course, the two rookies, Ross Piercebacher uh, and Wes Martin, would be activated, and Sheriff and Roulier would be your two inactives on your offensive line. And you know, of course, the Redskins very, 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 very thin. Um, and then the other troubling news is Terry McLaurin. He did not practice on Friday. He continues to have a hamstring. We told you on episode number 319 that he was dealing with a hamstring injury um, and was limited on Thursday in practice. Then he doesn't practice at all. Now, what I don't know for sure, quite honestly, is whether or not that is precautionary or simply because he couldn't. Again, he was not ruled out. Uh, Jay Gruden said, I think a quote, I think Terry and Brandon, meaning McLaren and Brandon Sheriff, will probably both come down to an hour before the game. Now, that's impossible. That won't happen. Uh, just so you know, inactives have to be in 90 minutes before the game. So once they're not on the inactive list, then they're playing. Um, So Jay obviously speaking a little bit out of term he's probably talking about two hours before often they don't make that decision two hours before this is probably a situation where Jay Gruden does not want to give away does not want to give away anything in terms of injuries so. Um, you have that situation. That's troubling enough. Now, Terry McLaurin can't go, and even if he can, it's likely Robert Davis is going to certainly take on a bigger role and Steven Sims. Now, Sims can work inside at the slot, which means Trey Quinn can bounce to the outside. They've got some positional versatility, and of course, Kelvin Harmon can work on both outsides as well. And Paul Richardson takes on a Anyway, the Redskins have a bunch of options at wide receiver, but to be missing so far their most productive receiver and their fastest receiver and their most polished receiver going into a must-win game against a defense that he probably should feast on is not ideal. However, if there's a game that you could maybe afford to miss Terry McLaurin, it might be this one. It's not that I'm trying to dismiss the impact of potentially not having McLaurin. But between the Giants secondary being what it is and the Giants pass rush being what it is and the fact that the Redskins actually do have some legitimate, albeit young depth at that position, and Paul Richardson right now is healthy and is playing reasonably well, and we all know he has long speed or very, very good speed, I don't think this is as much of a killer blow as maybe it sounds on the surface. Like, this is a game that, while it's not a guarantee that you should win, you can win without McLaurin. You cannot beat the New England Patriots under any circumstances without Terry McLaurin. You just can't. So to me, if I'm doing a deal with the devil here and I'm not a doctor and I don't know how bad it was, here's what I know. He was limited on Thursday it cropped up on Thursday, and he didn't practice Friday. I don't know if that was just precautionary. I don't know if it's a, a, a slight pull, slight tug. I have no idea. But with the Redskins' history in dealing with injuries and rushing guys back and not diagnosing things properly, to me, I would take every precaution possible that Scary Terry is available to me next week or the week after that as opposed to trying to get him back out there because it's a must-win, must-win, must-win game. We've got to go beat the Giants, and we've got to score 35 points because our defense stinks. And he goes and blows out his hamstring again. And now you've lost him for two months. To me, that's how I would operate. Now, I'm sure they will do something completely different. I'm sure they'll say, oh, he's fine. He'll go. He'll he'll be ready to go. And then midway through the second quarter, Terry McLaurin will be pulling at his hamstring again. That's how I see it, the negative, cynical side of me. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but I've seen this story before. Again, the Redskins do have options. They have many less options at center and right guard with Roulier out, and if Brandon Sheriff can't play. For instance, Tony Bergstrom will play center and he can play right guard. So I guess they could put Pierce Bacher at center if they wanted to, and have Bergstrom at right, you know, they do have some options. None of them are quite honestly very good, if we're being honest. None of them are great. And whoever is at center, whether it be Bergstrom or Pierce Parker, is going to have an issue dealing with big old Dexter Lawrence of the New York Giants. So that's going to be a really interesting match. Um, matchup and thing to kind of watch out for uh, on Sunday from an X and O standpoint, how the New York Giants kind of attack that weakness, which is already definitive in one position and may even be in two positions. And again, Lawrence, nose tackle, first round pick. I mean, you know, (laughs) away you go. Away you go. He's already got one sack and seven combined tackles so far early on in his rookie season. So, um, you know, the bottom line is the Redskins are going to have more challenges, I think, at those interior positions than they will at wide receiver. I could be wrong on that. I could be off. I don't think I am. Especially when you're considering that they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more especially when you consider that they've struggled in every way, shape, or form to run the ball, as we've chronicled. The bottom line is this. Again, you don't feel good about losing McLaurin. It's not the death blow for this particular game as it would be for, say, the Patriots or as it would have been for the Bears or the Cowboys or the Eagles. So that's how I'll say that. All right, back in a flash with another big story. This from the Washington Post, this about head coach Jay Gruden. That's next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. This is Locked on Redskins episode number 320 uh, and a special edition because there's just so much going on uh, with the Washington Redskins and quite honestly, not a lot of it uh, is a whole lot of good. So, I miss this and somehow I kind of slept on it. I don't know, uh, but a lot of stuff happens and a lot of stuff gets said. And for whatever reason, a lot of people miss this because I don't remember hearing it anywhere. Um, Earlier this week on Tuesday, J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington said this, quote, Team sources in Ashburn have described an incredibly explosive a- a situation where Jay Gruden and Greg Minuski's jobs are on the line next week in New York. While sources have said that Snyder, meaning Dan Snyder, was quote-unquote livid after his Redskins got blasted by the Cowboys in Week 2, and that Snyder and Allen stayed at FedEx Field until well past 2 a.m. on Monday night, Tuesday morning after the embarrassing 31-15 loss to the Bears, it seemed that the staff would remain in contact, uh, intact for week four, which is exactly what has happened. So that story kind of lost a lot of steam because they didn't make changes right away. But it sets up what I'm about to tell you. In the Washington Post on Friday, Les Carpenter did a weird feature slash, oh, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a good light for Jay Gruden kind of story. It it was strange. It was talking about rebounding and being positive from an 0-3 start uh, and so on. We put it up at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. So you can read the whole entire thing, but here's basically the meat and potatoes quote um, of the column. Quote, I've seen a guy walk on the moon, for God's sakes, Jay Gruden said, in a quiet moment after a recent practice, certainly this week. Surely an 0-3 team can come back from the depths of 0-3 and put on a 9-10 game streak and win 10 out of their last 13 games. It's not that big of a deal, right? Gruden basically was quoted and asking quizzically. Um, Carpenter noted that he laughed and and it's kind of like a nervous chuckle from Jay uh, if you see his press conferences and obviously I know a different side of Jay uh, from being around him all these years but Carpenter points out he wasn't really laughing then he goes from this like weird you know walk on the moon type thing and the way he kind of structured the story to the main part of it which is Quote, his Redskins have allowed at least 31 points each week as they have lost their first three games. Undeniable fact. Carpenter then said two people with knowledge of the situation say Gruden could be fired if Washington doesn't beat the New York Giants on Sunday. Earlier this week, the betting site Bovada.com updated his odds on the NFL coach likely as to be fired first this year, making Gruden It's top choice. Well, congratulations. I I don't care about Bovada. Everybody else does. The boys in Vegas know nothing except how to take your money. That's it. So I I really don't care about Bovada. Um, Sorry. But I do care about was Jay Gruden given an edict when or your job is done? Was Jay Gruden given that edict after Monday night? I could see that. Is... Whoever who's telling JP Finley what they told JP Finley, and now, and it might be different people telling, you know, telling us and, and, and the media what the situation is with Jay Gruden heading, you know, now 48 hours before, less than 48 hours before what could be his final game. I, You know, like, here's the thing. It's been speculated that Jay Gruden has been trying to get fired. I don't know if he's been trying to get fired. I've said, basically, Jay doesn't give a bleep, and Jay's been throwing axes at people and shooting across the pond. I I do believe that, and I know that, and I feel that. I think Jay has been trying to like send digs and messages and, and all that all along. Make no mistake about that. And we've talked about that a lot during this offseason. The Josh Norman stuff way back in February that I reported on about coaches wanting Josh Norman gone and Dan and Bruce wanting to keep Josh Norman because he's got a sizzle factor to him. I, I, I certainly think that was a major issue. And, oh, by the way, if Jay was one of the coaches that wanted Josh Norman gone, guess what? He was right. Or whoever the coaches were or whoever the people were that wanted Josh Norman gone, they were absolutely right. And then some. Sorry. Sorry. That's just the way it is. So, you know, there's been this back and forth through the media. And I here's the one thing I kind of worry about. If they fire him, if they fire Jay Gruden, I don't know if they just flat out fire him and cut him a buyout and he goes on his merry way and we never hear from Jay Gruden again. Or if they go after him. Because I know there's a feeling inside the building that Jay has done some things to sabotage himself and the organization. Now, I don't know if they would try and take away his money or withhold payment. I have no idea. I doubt it. But I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. Um... So, again, two people with knowledge of the situation say Gruden could be fired if Washington doesn't beat the Giants on Sunday, and that matches essentially with what J.P. Finley reported. Now, just so you know, full disclosure, I mean, you know, like obviously I hear a lot of things. I mean, we all knew Jay was walking a plank this year. I I mean, I've heard for weeks that essentially the decision was, you know, A matter of when, not if, on Jay Gruden's job. So I don't know if that adds anything more to the mix. I don't think it does. I think if they find a way to win today or this week, then Jay Gruden's okay. And if they don't, then he'll probably get fired on Sunday night. And I honestly think that, is a little bit of a mistake from the standpoint of, look, you go against New England, maybe you can make a cosmetic change at defensive coordinator. I don't think you can retain Greg Minuski and fire Jay Gruden. I don't know if you can overcome changing the head coach and the defensive coordinator all in the same week. Even though I fully believe Bill Callahan would be the interim head coach, maybe with Kevin O'Connell as the play caller, um and i believe also that f- probably from what i would guess J- jim tom sula would be the interim defensive coordinator but i don't know if that's the case because tom sula only came back because of Minuski and because also he's got a very talented defensive line but From a coaching perspective, he only came back because of Minuski, And my understanding is he's only got a one-year deal. So does he go and say, you know, you're going to cut down my friend like that? Again, do it the right way. Do it the respectful way. And the Redskins are trying to, you know, do it the public way. So... That's that situation. Uh, We could have a coaching change as early as Sunday evening. All right, when we come back, there's been a little bit of a feud between Chris Thompson and Brian Mitchell. And then there was a controversial comment on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll get to all of that before we exit stage left right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Episode number 320. I'm Chris Russell. It is episode number 320 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So Here's the deal. We've got two other big stories to get to and very little time to do it. So I want to try and go through and get as much of this covered as we possibly can. So earlier this week, Darren Haynes of WUSA 9 I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. I can't remember. um, Reported that the Redskins, according to a source, were not doing what was in the best interest of Dwayne Hoskins' development. He wasn't practicing with anybody but the scout team and so on and so forth to which most of us in the media who have been around Redskins Park and have covered NFL teams know that's exactly the way it works during the regular season. I have no idea who that source was, but whoever it was didn't really hold up his end of the bargain, if you will, in terms of giving right information uh, to the reporter um, or the reporter didn't decipher it enough and know enough of what goes on. Uh, and maybe tried to be like a big headline and struck out. Um, so the bottom line is this a co- I thought it was dead, but then a couple of days later, um, Chris Thompson basically went on Twitter and crushed and retweeted that tweet from the reporter and basically crushed it, saying, you know, he's been in the league six, seven years, and the backup quarterback never takes. To you know reps during the regular season other than scout team reps and so on and so forth. So Chris Thompson later in the week came out and basically debunked that theory saying, "Look, backup quarterbacks as long as he's been in the league don't get practice reps, certainly not first team reps, and every bit of evidence that I have and know to be true, that is true." Um and You know, Thompson basically gave it a little dig saying, you know, he'd been around the league for a number of years, you know, and not to make up stuff. Now, uh, I have no idea where, again, this reporter got this. I have no clue. All I know is he didn't probably do the best job kind of vetting the information, I guess. So moving beyond that, I thought, again, it was kind of like over, like the athlete who knows who's on the inside, had the last laugh and kind of exposed the story as being dead and unprepared and whatever. So then I wind up on Friday morning um, seeing an exchange between Brian Mitchell and Chris Thompson. Now, Brian Mitchell, for those that may not know, you know, great kick returner for the Redskins, uh, you know, A lot of people think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's been in the media for a long time. I've worked with him at a couple of different spots. Uh, We're not friends, but, you know, we acknowledge each other and, you know, whatever. Um, You know, Brian can be a very, very, very fiery person. So he basically came out and said, we were prepared all the time. Maybe you all should try it. Coaches today still do it. Whatever works should be tried, point blank. He said, you can defend what hasn't. That's cool. We won consistently. Can you stay the same? To Chris Thompson. And Thompson answered it, okay, Super Bowl champ coach. You have all the answers. I wasn't even coming at you sideways. I guess because I haven't won consistently. And then he said in parentheses, because unprepared, question mark. Because I haven't won consistently, I can't have an opinion or I can't speak on when something is true or false. Got it. So that provoked um, another response from Mitchell saying, quote, I played with four different head coaches and the backups did get reps. How else do you get them ready? He said, you know, he, he went on and he said, Chris is basically has played for basically Jay, so I understand his sentiment. And he also tagged uh, Bram Weinstein, who's been around for a while in the DC media and also used to do uh, ESPN. He said, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It does. Uh, And Bram Weinstein had made basically a point complimenting Chris, saying, you know, it's ridiculous that this, and you know, whatever. So... Chris Thompson then further responded, saying, "Nature of the game, especially for quarterbacks. I don't do goal line, but I better be ready." He, he's true about that. Maybe the maybe back when uh, uh, he, he said, "You know, maybe back when 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 he played," uh, he said, "Maybe back when he played that was a thing, but Coach Shanahan didn't do it either." The bottom line is this. This seems to be this back and forth between one guy who plays now, one guy who played, you know, 15 plus years ago, multiple different teams in a completely different era in the in the NFL with with different rules, different CBA rules, different coaches, different athletes, today's athletes are Pampered, they are protected Beyond belief Uh, Despite playing a violent sport Despite not having fully guaranteed contracts By the way, they don't deserve them Nor do Major League Baseball players Or hockey players or NBA players Nobody deserves guaranteed contracts But they get them Um, So so the bottom line is this Um, Thompson and Mitchell Basically had a little war Of discussion on Twitter And out of it Mitchell kind of comes off looking, quite honestly, not only hot-headed, but like a guy who was kind of hostily treating Thompson as basically an idiot fan. And obviously, it's so far from the truth. And Thompson remained, for the most part, respectful, but he even took a couple of little sly shots so the bottom line is is nobody's gonna win this war of words between Chris Thompson and Brian Mitchell. It shouldn't have been started, quite honestly. Uh, and for that, everybody's got a right to an opinion and their own view and their own analysis. Uh, but the bottom line is, is you gotta keep these type of debates off of Twitter uh, and maybe have a private conversation about it on the phone. And it's just one more story and one more sign of dysfunction. The other story is kind of strange, so stick with me on the Rich Eisen show uh, on Friday morning. Um, Joel Klatt, who is a college football analyst as well a as draft analyst, said uh, to Rich that the Redskins front office and the Redskins coaching staff are fractured, and it's all because of the refusal not to play Jay grew uh, not to play Dwayne Haskins right now and going back to and tying together the feeling that the Redskins coaching staff or at least Jay Gruden uh, and others did not want Dwayne Haskins to be drafted at number 15. Uh, and multiple people have reported this. multiple people have heard this. so I you know I've heard it as well. Uh, we've talked about it. I assume it to be true, although it's very conveniently easy to deny. Um, But this report did not shock me in any way, shape or form. Uh, It does not make me feel awkward or, or different. Like It is very easy to see how this could come out. Uh, And again, it's been widely speculated and thought by multiple people. So, like, I'm going to assume it's true because, again, I've heard the same and I think others have heard the same. So uh, you have this situation where this quote comes out and it gets circulated on Twitter. And Dwayne Haskins, from his official Twitter account, sees it or somebody points it out to him. And he tags the tweet and Retweets it, essentially, um, by adding the comment, fake news. That's it. Fake news. That tweet lasted for about roughly an hour until someone got word to Haskins. uh, That's not something we want out there, meaning that tweet. So delete your tweet. And poof, it went bye-bye. So basically the starting quarterback is involved to some degree over a statement that was made on a national radio and TV show about his coaching staff not liking him and not playing him being the reason why there's this fracture between the staff and the front office. So it's just another week, it's just another day, and it might end this Sunday. If the Redskins lose, according to the Washington Post, Jay Gruden is out. And then I guess we won't have to worry about it. Or we can keep this dance going for another week or so, at least. All right, that's it. A crazy news weekend and day for the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for listening. Adios.